Hello and welcome to another episode of Drama School Dropout. My name is Ingram Noble and as per usual, I'm your Drama School Dropout and on today's episode, I'm joined by Robert McCahill. Hello. Hello, Ingram. How are we? I'm good, good. Currently dying of the cold. Um, People are going to think this is a long cold because the last episode I recorded was with Ben and I had the cold, but it's only been two days in real life. (laughs) But yes, currently welcoming the new year with a new lockdown and a cold so that's always great yeah i it's, it's got off to a great start then hasn't it oh honestly we're loving 2021 already and we're only six <laughs> days in it's actually 2020 part two isn't it, it basically <laughs> it's like the fucking see the really shite sequel to the already shite <laughs> horror film right so l- let's just get right into it so we met um Three years ago now, I want to say. Two and a bit, I think. I think it'd have been, it'll be three in August. Definitely two and a bit. Yeah. So we met at college. Um, There's a running theme here as to uh, that I can't get guests that I don't know on the podcast. Um, (laughs) So yeah, we met at Glasgow Kelvin College. Again, big shout out to all the lecturers there because we love them. Um, And you were in the year below me. I was, that's right. Yeah, you were in second year when I started. Oh, fucking the worst year of my life. <laughs> Apart from Macbeth. We loved Macbeth. We hated everything oh, else. Macbeth was great. Thanks. <laughs> it was. It was. You, you were actually an excellent Macbeth. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really, really did. Like, how did you get into acting? Because we're going to talk a little bit later on in the podcast about, like, things that have happened to you previously and things. But when was, like, the point where you were like, oh, I'm going to be an actor? <laughs> um, it was a series of... Unfortunate at events. At the time, I thought it was a series of coincidences. Um, it, for some people, it probably was a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. But I've... I, I've kind of came to believe in serendipity quite a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and I kind of think that that, that was what happened. Um, I had been in a rehab. Um, you know, I'd, I'd had addiction issues for a long, long time, and I think we're going to speak about that later. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd get out of the rehab. I'd been out for about six weeks, and I was going to play football one Friday night with my friend. My friend managed an over-35 football team, and his printer wasn't working. Um, so we decided to nip into an internet cafe to print off the team sheets for the referee. And when we were in there, Matthew, my friend who, who ran the football team, bumped into the guy who runs Sweet for Addicts, Mark, uh-huh. who had helped him with fundraisers for his previous football team. And Mark jokingly said to Matthew, have you got any actors for me? And, and Matthew went, aye, big Robert. <laughs> um, and, and I was like a, a rabbit in the headlights. And I was like, what? Uh, Mark said, listen, are you interested? And and acting was something that I'd kind of enjoyed when I was young, primary school, early secondary school. But I kind of grew up in a, a really harsh working class town where people like me didn't have aspirations like that. Yeah. Um, so I never ever pursued it. I never ever thought people like me became actors. Unless um, you were just doing a, a stint on River City for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Uh, so Mark persuaded me to come along on the Sunday night and read for a small part in this production that Sweet for Addicts were putting on. So I went along, I kind of threw myself into it, and he called me back at 10pm that Sunday night and said, listen, Robert, we were really, really impressed with you. 
we want to offer you the lead role. So is that like now, your first audition sort of like as an adult? Yeah, yeah. It, it was my first. I mean, when I was in rehab, part of what they do in there involves um, putting on shows as fundraisers. The, the rehab, I was in a charity. They don't receive any government funding or anything. Yeah. So they, they put on like the odd kind of play themed around about addiction and recovery. What's that Simon Cowell show on X a Saturday X Factor, they would put on X Factor shows where the guys in the rehab would pretend to be celebrities up singing and stuff uh-huh. like that. So I'd, I'd been up and one of the videos actually popped up on my Facebook this morning. Um, I'd, I'd done a couple of nights on stage doing that, but it was it was nothing serious. It was it was a laugh. Um, it's so, just so different to my first audition experience as like an adult because I got told I was shite. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. <laughs> um, well, that, that's the thing as well. Like after after being in, I did three nights as Bill W and Bill W and Doctor Bob play about the two guys who who founded Alcoholics Anonymous, and it was an amazing experience, absolutely amazing. I spoke to somebody I'm really close to, uh, and and he said to me, "If this is something that you're passionate about, go and pursue it." Um, so when that little, happened, was that the point where it was like, let's find out how to take this further? And is that how you ended up going to college? Well, uh, sort of. But again, it's, it's mad coincidences. Um, the day after that conversation, I was on Facebook and an open day for Glasgow Kelvin College came up and I clicked on it. And one of the courses was HND in acting and performance. And the open day was the following day. So I went along. And day. that's really fucking lucky because if you're going to an open day, there's never any places on an acting course left. I know, and it, it, it was it was really really strange because because I'd never auditioned, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't yeah. know I was going to be auditioned that day. I turned up kind of thinking, okay, they'll take my name and interview me and get back to me in a week or two. But Mary, who like led the department, love Mary. She auditioned me. There and then, and she was like, have you got anything prepared? And I was like, no. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen today. I've got no idea. So she ran me through like four or five improv exercises. And again, I just threw myself into them. Um, and at the end Wish of I it... I could have done improv for my audition. <laughs> at, the, at the end of it, Mary was like, there's something there. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you an unconditional offer. So that's all Unconditional? Unconditional. Fuck this all off. happened like, within two weeks. <laughs> and and within eight weeks of me leaving rehab, I, I was studying HND and, and acting and performance. Does that not it tell you that this is what you're supposed to be doing? Well, that's what I mean about serendipity. Uh, it's like I, I, I am totally convinced now that this is the path that's laid out for me. Because who the fuck gets into a drama school without actually auditioning with a proper piece? <laughs> Oh, I know. Honestly, it's, if anybody from the RCS is listening, just can we do that for my audition on the 31st? Because I'm like stressed. <laughs> it was just a really weird series of events. Um, wow. I, I, I never knew that. Yeah. And then, um, like, if you don't mind me saying, you're quite a bit older than your average college student. How yeah. was that going into, like, especially your class at the time? was like a group of 18 and 19 year olds like how did that 
it was absolutely terrifying um, because most of them had had been together from the previous year. Most of them had yeah been in the NQ, the acting NQ, and, and a lot of them had had been involved in drama at, at school and stuff. So they, they had consistently been acting for yeah. years. But then, then again, I had been in NQ all the way through and some of the most talented people that joined our college came in first year and second year like fucking john wallace so talented he um, really is hope carberry so talented check all of these people out because they're so good and hope's doing really fucking fun things i'm so jealous that she's actually working in the industry <laughs> and i'm just doing a podcast um <laughs> but but no like there, there was never, I never felt that nobody was ever excluded if they just joined later on in the year. Oh, no, no, I was welcomed. Like, because you had done arms. what most of us had failed to do because I, I applied for the HND and got papped down onto the NQ. <laughs> because, as well, in my audition, I got told I was shite. I was really surprised that I was accepted for the, the HND. I mean, I'm 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 not now that I've seen you perform and shit. I'm not surprised. No, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot. So then coming into college, so obviously I wasn't in your class, so I didn't have like an in-depth insight into how you were acting and performing throughout college. But I saw your shows, um, and the first show that we saw you in was Elfa Lily. Now for this, I was on the audition panel for this, so yeah. I I helped cast i mean we didn't really do much leah already had a cast but we we <laughs> helped um how did that feel because at that point you didn't really know a lot of my class and i feel like it's a lot easier to audition for like lecturers and things than it is to audition for like your peers like i struggled with this i had a mental breakdown in my first year auditions when we were doing bull ended up crying outside of the fucking room for like 45 minutes after it so how did you deal with that like when you're being told oh by the way um because i don't know how you felt we were always dead intimidated by like see the year above yeah they were I, doing I more extreme stuff where they were coming across as really good actors and we were just like oh, fuck, <laughs> we've got to do that next year so i don't know if you were intimidated by us but when we got told that we were auditioning for the year above we were intimidated so how did you like deal with that coming in and being told, oh, by the way, four of um, those stony-faced cunts from the year above uh, coming in to judge you. Again, I, I t totally, I, 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 was in t I felt intimidated. Um, as you say, with the lecturers, you've already got a relationship with them and they see you performing every day. So, so they kind of know, even if you have a, a slightly off addition, they know what you're capable of. Um, yeah. And we did... Our class kind of looked up to your class, um, oh, and I'd imagine, it's, I'd imagine it's the same in any institution where you've got years looking. Yeah. Like even at uni just now, we were talking about this in our group chat the other day about watching the fourth years perform, and, and like some of the guys were like, the fourth years are really intimidating. So I think it's just a natural yeah. thing. But I winged it. <laughs> the amount of times that I came out of like watching the year above us perform and was just, I, it would always either be Connor Patrick, John Wallace, or Megan. And I'd just look at them and I'd go, fuck, we've got to do that next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was definitely an element of that. 
And I think that that was why I was dead impressed with you doing Shakespeare, because Shakespeare terrified me. See, I, I had me. been, like, I, I don't claim to be an expert in Shakespeare, but I've been working with Shakespeare's text since I was 16. Yeah. See, so by the time we'd done Macbeth, which was two years ago, I'd been working with, and Macbeth, I had studied at English GCSE and drama GCSE. I'd already played Macbeth six times. So I was already extremely comfortable with that, like, text. So I lucked the fuck out with that, not going to lie. See, my only experience be before um, the HND was fourth year, um, Midsummer Night's Dreams, studying it for English. And yeah. and obviously Shakespeare's to be performed. It's not to be studied and read and, and written about. It, it really intimidated me and frightened me. And the whole way through first year, I, I would talk to Leah about it and... <laughs> I needed constant reassurance that I was going to be able to do it. And I think year. we all do, don't we? We all need the the constant reassurance. But you, you've also got to remember, like, because we're going to talk about Shakespeare in a minute. You were given a fucking good part in Shakespeare, yeah. and yeah, yeah, Leah. You'll have heard if you're listening to the podcast, like episodes now we've always mentioned leah because she's just fucking phenomenal um she was actually on episode two so go back and listen to that um leah knows what the fuck she's doing with shakespeare definitely i mean um, there was a moment because you did um merchant of venice and othello blended and there was a moment yeah. where i was kind of like oh does she know what she's doing this year um <laughs> but no it was really good and i told leah this i was like oh the, we, i was sat there like Oh, that that's that's odd. I remember telling people that that was what we were going to do. Like we were combining these two Shakespearean classics, and people were like, "What? How is that <laughs> even going to work?" <laughs> but it did. It, it did. It, it, did. it, it really um, did. It was also the last thing that I seen at the theatre before we got grounded. So that was good. But a, a little funny story I wanted to tell about the Elf and Lily auditions that I was on. There was two girls, because um, you auditioned in like pairs or scenes or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and I mixed their notes up. And there was one girl that was really, really good. And there was <laughs> one girl that was really, really shy. So I was like writing notes but for the opposite girl. And then obviously <laughs> you go out of the room after you've auditioned and we have a chat and we like talking about you. So I'm, I'm not going to say the girl's name who was shite. Um, I'll, I'll tell you who it was after the podcast. Probably have my suspicions. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if we're thinking of the same person. So yeah, we're, we're having this whole chat and I'm like just being sort of quiet because I'm like, oh, I, I might have got this massively off point here. So I, I just said what I said, and I realised I'd got the wrong people. So I've just told everyone that this girl who was really shit was really good. <laughs> now everybody's questioning my judgement. And then it came to, like, everybody came in, and we were talking to them about their casting. And this girl got, like, a shit part. And um, then they all just turned and went, Ingram thought you were really good, though. Would you like to give some notes? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, fuck. So then, like, obviously, Elf and Lily, we haven't even spoke about the actual play. It's by Steve Harper, and it's um, about a group of men in the army who are flying a plane, a fighter yeah, plane. Lancaster Bomber crew. It was really good, um, and I'm really annoyed because I never actually got to see the full thing. I only got to see the dress rehearsal. It was so much fun. I think yeah. you're one of the only years that have ever sold out a show, apart from DNA. I think you're the only ones that have ever sold out a show. That's quite a quite an honour. I you, mean, when, when we done like DNA, that. I went on show day and said how many tickets are left, and she said three, so I bought them. <laughs> so it did sell out, but 
I was kind of on stage <laughs> and not in a seat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, nobody could get fucking tickets. So like half of us had to come and watch the dress rehearsal. Yeah. No, it, 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 it really was. It was so much fun. Um, also, if I ever see Be My Fucking Baby again, I'm going to shoot myself. Because <laughs> I think we watched I, that like I four times. Enjoyed, I enjoyed watching Be My Baby. We watched yeah. it four times in one day, Robert. <laughs> I was getting I quite that, sick. That would, that, that would be overkill. <laughs> so then we move on to the third. Well, it's second year, but it's basically your third year in college. I don't know why. I, I, it always confuses me why they word the years like that. And then you, we're doing Shakespeare. So you're doing Merchant of Venice and Othello all blended into one. Um, and you were playing Shylock, which, I mean, looking back on it, was there anybody else that could have played him? <laughs> because I came to see both casts and the other one couldn't. I think it was a... <laughs> He's a character that required a certain presence and a certain, pro- probably my age, benefited me to that extent as well. But I, like, obviously, like your listeners can't see this, but I'm I'm quite a big guy. I'm I'm like over six foot and I'm about seventeen stone. I've got a presence, um, yeah. and that comes across on stage. And uh-huh. I think that helped with the characterisation of Shylock. Uh-huh. Um, so then, definitely helped me. So see when you were like because you were saying that you hadn't really studied Shakespeare or were familiar with it. How much, because I know I shit myself even when I got Macbeth, how much did you shit yourself when you realised you had a main part? I didn't. I didn't. I was I was absolutely over the moon. See the work that Leah had put into Shakespeare before we even got to the stage where uh-huh. we're casting and, and um, putting on a show. I was so reassured by that. And I'd come to the point where I was I was excited. It was like See, Shakespeare suddenly excited me. Mine was, I think my whole function of it was, I had sort of been Billy Big Bollock and my whole, myself the whole time I was in college. And I was like, I was ready for a, I was ready for a main role. And I was ready to like lead a company. And then it happened and I was like, oh fuck. I was like, don't know yeah. if I can do this. Again, I think it probably comes down to, by that point, I'd, I'd came so far in such a short time. It's like, but by that point, I'd been acting for just over a year, maybe 13, yeah. 14 months. That's so and fucking stupid. How talented that was. I, I'd, everything I'd done up to that point, I had always received really good feedback on. Audiences seemed to enjoy my, my performance. And without coming across as big-headed, I, I had kind of started to believe in myself by that point. And, and it was like, right, I... That is the least Actually, big-headed I'm thing I've this. ever heard anyone say. Sorry to be big-headed, but I now believe in myself. <laughs> it's not big-headed at all. Um, so now I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh. And this is, is me being... This, this, yeah, <laughs> this is just me getting my own back. This is me being a petty cunt, right? We're ready to say it. So third year, my yes. final show is Scenes from the Big Picture by Owen McCafferty. I'm not a fan of the show. Uh, it's a good show, but I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, and I was double cast. So I had two characters. I can't remember the names. One was called Dave, and I think one was called Frank. Not entirely sure. And then somebody dropped out, and I was given their role. And then they came back, and I was fucked off with one role, and you had been given my other. <laughs> and the I, most I, annoying I, thing I about it... a completely it, innocent party in that. <laughs> the most annoying thing about it is, in DNA which was our first ever show, I was the first person to speak. And had I kept my fucking character in scenes from the big picture, 
I would have also been the last person to speak in all of our shows. <laughs> it would all have been tied up in a beautiful bow. It would have Because I, I had lots of full circle it. moments in college. I, I, audi- I auditioned with Macbeth for Leah. A really shit, is this a dagger monologue for Leah? And then in my last show with Leah, I played Macbeth. So I'd had loads of fucking full circle moments. And then okay. we got cast and I was like, oh, here's a final one. Just to pull the bow strings tight. Because I was kind of over college at this point. And I was like, can't wait to fucking leave. Um, <laughs> it was just factors. Mental health in it. Um, and then you fucking ruined it for me. <laughs> See, that that was a big thing for me as well. Um, because I'd, I'd spoke about like kind of looking up to you guys and being a bit intimidated by you and stuff. So see being asked to be in a show with you, and all of a sudden it's like, right, somebody sees me as, as these guys equal. That I, I wouldn't a- go that far. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was a that was a huge internal moment was a for me. Shit show. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed Frank. Frank was a lovable character. <laughs> I had to play a 51-year-old man. I enjoyed it like the last couple of days. Um, but everyone was like, why are you bitching? This is an acting job. And I was like, if this was in the fucking real world, I wouldn't have auditioned for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, like our, our second show in second year. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Really- Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Um, I, 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 had, I had a moment like you did. Regarding that show. Love that. Right, so we went to college in Easter House. So we did. For anybody that doesn't know Glasgow, Easter House is a lovely, lovely place. <laughs> um, it, it's not. Um, a small fishing village in the outskirts of Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. So we would come outside and at certain times, like, we would get abused by young people. There was a big thing in our second year where people get, were getting kidnapped and just bundled into vans. We actually got called in by the college and got told about it. Um, and then you found something on the bus to Easter House, which I wasn't going to put in. And I saw it on Facebook the other day while I was like researching this. A, a note. Do you want to talk about the little note you found on the bus? I had forgotten about that until it came up on my Facebook memories the other day as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm on my way to college. I used to get a 61 bus, which passes right outside my front door and, and dropped me right outside the college. It took about a, an hour and a half. <laughs> a year and three days. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> this, this day I've got on the bus um, and there was a note sellotaped to, to one of the back seats. Um, so good. <laughs> and, it, and it had a guy's name, his phone number, <laughs> and it said he was looking for a girlfriend. If anybody was interested, please text them. <laughs> so I had decided that I was going to help the guy out and posted it Probably on my socials. you were going to say that you text him there. Hi, <laughs> I'm Roberta. <laughs> I never thought of that. I probably should have. No, we're not catfishing here, Robert. So then we're going to come up a bit closer now to the timeline and then we're going to jump right back again. So let's picture the scene. November last year, you've just done your second to last production at Kelvin College. It's been fucking great. Very successful Shakespeare run. March 18th, 2020, we all get grounded because of some pandemic. So what was that like? Genuinely like, because 
I know I genuinely felt for you. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because obviously <laughs> your show got cancelled. Your end of year celebrations, end of college celebrations got cancelled. Like, you really lost out. You got to do a Shakespeare unit at a fucking Shakespeare show and lost out on all the fun things. It, it was a huge anti-climax. Um, we were really fortunate. Like, uh, our year had become two classes in yeah. second year because there'd, there'd been a lot had come in from other colleges. Um, but our class had managed to finish our graded unit by the time oh. the, the lockdown came through. So we'd, we'd got pretty much everything done, I think. The only two assessments we had left to do were a movement assessment, a group, a, no, an individual movement assessment and our reduction. Um, I was really glad that the movement assessment had been cancelled. Oh. <laughs> See, when I tell um, you, we found out that that was a module in second year when we were in NQ. And yeah. I dreaded that from the moment of NQ to the moment it was over. And I knew I'm not a dancer. No, basically um, I'm not. And basically it has to be a dance. So how did your end of college pan out? Like, because I don't think we've actually spoke about this. What happened? Did you have to do anything in space of a production? No. no so no, was it just like a gesture no. of goodwill? You've not done it, but we're still it's exceptional circumstances. I think because I uh, because exceptional circumstances, the two modules that we hadn't completed, as I say, were the movement. We'd we'd done our group movement, we just hadn't done our individual, um, and we hadn't done our second show. So it was like, okay, what we need to do is look at what you have done over the last two years and judge you on that. Um unfortunately we'd 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 done enough. Uh, there was a chance that I wasn't going to do the second show anyway. I had went for an internship through the college. Um the and fuck because did we get I, these opportunities, <laughs> half of our class vetoed to do a showcase, so we didn't do fuck all. <laughs> um, so I spoke to Mary because I'd I'd done the musical made in Dagenham with the musical theatre. You guys. just got fucking pulled and pushed around that college, didn't you? I did, I did. Um, but it was all really beneficial for them. I was. <laughs> was, was that, that was a paid gig or was that a? Was that, that, that was a good that was a good will gig. That was a good will gig. Um I'd have been like he's I was, I was the voice. That was the voice of the coronavirus um pandemic guidance in the college deal. <laughs> um, yeah, I like but it was all learning and it was all really good experience. And I got to do a lot of different things. I, I, I got to sing um and dance on stage with the, the musical theatre guys. I got to do Shakespeare. I got to act with you guys. Oh. I, I did the voiceover stuff. And yeah. I, I did loads in college. Um, so what's, probably twice as many shows as anybody else in my year. So what's... You were in fucking every show. What's <laughs> uni looking like now? Because obviously I dropped out before the pandemic started. What what is What does that consist of at the moment? Obviously not going in. No, uh, we, uh, our uni, uh, UWS, has been remote learning from the start. Uh, dropped, the fucking rejected me. <laughs> I was the only fanny that didn't get into UWS. Um, yeah, we our start was delayed till the start of October, and it's been online um, ever since. 
and they've switched modules around so that most of the written work was was in the first trimester. Yeah. Second trimester starts in February. Unfortunately, I don't think they've made enough progress with the coronavirus um, for us to be going to campus in this this initially anyway in this yeah. trimester. So I don't know what the actual performing side of of this year is going to look like. If I'd known that this entire academic year was going to be the way it is um, when I applied to uni and applied for funding and stuff, I may have taken a year out. Yeah. Because it's, also, it, it's a it's, totally different experience to what I was expecting. Let's move on to something a little bit more funner. Um, I, I have a new game for the podcast, which premiered... Oh on the episode with Ben Waddle. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. Okay. I have three mental stories that are either from theatres, shows, or drama school. Two of them are completely true. One is shite. Okay. So I'll read them, we'll talk about them, and then you can guess which one you think is Stage Shite. Okay, I'm all for that one. Just got an an email, very professional. Uh, Fucking notifications on the podcast. (laughs) Right, so number one My violent ex strangled me backstage And the director, forward slash lecturer Told me not to let it interfere with the show That reminds me of her Shakespeare (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck, I forgot that you you, you submitted this The guy guy who um, played Othello Uh (laughs) Strangled one of the, the characters um, I think it was his, his. It was it was his wife. Othello strangles his wife at, at one point before he, when he's trying to kill her, and he gets so carried away that she nearly lost consciousness. Oh fuck! <laughs> and when, when folk were like, "What were you doing afterwards?" He was like, "I'm, I'm, I'm in character." I'm, Especially I'm when you strangle someone, they're the I ones know. that are supposed to like keep the pressure, <laughs> not the person strangling. Oh, we, we, we seriously thought he was, like, going to kill someone. He was so in the moment. Right. So, number two. In college, one boy asked to suck a girl's toes during a scene, and she said yes. He later admitted to having a foot fetish and discovered it with her. We all then realised that we watched him act out his fetish for the first time, and then, no, he was supposed to be playing her gay friend in the scene. <laughs> That one has the ring of truth. It really does. Uh, some of the things that you see when you're when you're backstage and and oh no, this is apparently in a scene. So they done it in front of the whole class. Oh, fuck that! Imagine getting somebody sees in your booth. <laughs> It'd be a weird way to discover that you had a fetish, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, imagine that, I mean, like, oh, I'm so turned on right now, but there's 30 people watching. Maybe the 30 people watching added to the to excitement. To the fetish, yeah. Yeah. The exhibitionism. <laughs> Maybe you can only now suck toes in front of an audience. Right, so let's do number three. So number three, our drama teacher went to Costco the day we were supposed to be off book and bought two crates of bottled water. Every time someone fucked up a line, she would throw a bottle of water at them. She always aims for heads. That sounds like Leah. I, I, I'm so glad you said it and not me. So which one is stage? Which one's a stage right and which one's stage shite? So you've got your violent ex strangled me backstage, um, the boy sucking the girl's toes, 
or the bottle flinging lecturer? It's a toughie, but I'm going to go with the violent ex being stage shite. You're wrong. <gasps> no! So that actually happened to someone. Like, fuck that. I'd be out of there. Um, <laughs> so the stage shite was our drama teacher went to Costco and bought water. Purely Damn. because I thought that would be something that Leah would do. Yeah, yeah, that that just that's what convinced me of the truth of that one. The fact that yeah, <laughs> Leah would probably do that. <laughs> so Leah, now I, I love you, by the way. Please don't think I'm slagging you. <laughs> blocks you on everything after this. <laughs> so we have come to the end of another episode of Drama School Dropout. Thank you so much for coming on and doing the podcast, Robert. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening at home. You'll find another episode next week at the exact same time, 12 noon on a Tuesday. Don't know why I picked a Tuesday, actually. But please leave a little five-star rating and a little review down down below. It's all It'll help me and it'll inflate my ego a little bit more. And you can <laughs> submit your theatre stories for Stage Right or Stage Shite at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And you can always find me on social media. All social media is at Ingram Noble. Where can they find you, Robert? Uh, on Twitter, it's Robert Cahill2. Um, and my Insta, if you want to look at loads of pictures of Adidas trainers, is RabMac1974. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And I hope it's not as long till we get another catch-up out in the real world. Oh, right. Well, I've, I've already done a rehearsed reading yeah. for this, so I, I'm guessing I know who you're going to ask me to yeah. audition for. <laughs> yeah. So, in the next episode, well, in the, possibly the next couple of episodes, we're going to sort the fuck out, and we're going to find out what's happening, and we're going to have a special discount code for everyone who watches dramas and listens to watches. Uh, who, I'm so professional, it's unreal. Um, everyone who listens to Drama School Dropout, we're going to have a little special discount code, and you can help some actors do some fucking good work while we're all in fucking quarantine, and then hopefully we'll be able to have a fucking show when all this is over. Oh, here's hoping. I can't wait. I've had so many projects cancelled or postponed because of this. <laughs>